to the Golf Barons podcast, Tenuous Links, a golf pun we're not only incredibly proud of, but one we're also sure to emulate. Let us careen through bloviated opinions on all things golf, some outrageous innovation ideas to speed up the game, a few laughs, and an historical retelling of an iconic golf moment. Time to add some swagger to your swing. Hello Barons, welcome to another Tenuous Links. Today's podcast is brought to you by Peter Millar, golf apparel designed with innovative performance fabrics and a whole bunch of swagger. So cool is the Peter Millar clothing, it even makes Philbert look half respectable. And that's a perfect <coughs> time to welcome our resident <laughs> beanpole to the show, Philbert. Good to see you, big fella. Thank you, Damon. Good to be here and everything you say is true. Absolutely. Now we, again, let's get straight into, into the usual routine of the uh, of the show hates it feels like a strange week for hates considering there's a lot of love a lot of love. loves about there's it. a lot of love damien but there's always just enough to we, hate we can always find something to hate just enough to hate and this one is we did golf orienteering or caddienteering mm-hmm. a, a couple of weeks ago as one of the things for our, our upcoming season two and within that one of the critical pieces of equipment is a compass uh, i know where you're going right so <laughs> Compasses are fabulous tools because they tell you directions and they tell you north and south and east and west and all the little bits in between. They show you where to go, don't they, Phil? They show you where to go. So you can't imagine my joy, happiness, given my disdain for small planes. You're not a big fan of a little plane. And I don't do boats. I don't do small planes. I don't do a lot of turbulence. Movement in general. It's probably why you don't swing. It's moved. George Costanza. Anyway, so imagine this. We've taken off beautifully from King Island Airport. Beautifully. I mean, it was one of the great takeoffs. Very smooth. Of all time in the Pilatus. It was one of the great takeoffs of all time. Smooth, climbing, the pilot checking in to make sure I was okay because I had given him the heads up that maybe I won't be and climbing into the clouds and everyone making sure, and yeah, just having a conversation, it's okay. Um, heading towards Moravian Airport, or so I thought. 25 minutes later, Phil, so, it was pretty short. So, yeah, it's only a very short flight. So when heading towards the city of Melbourne, Watching Moravian Airport disappear off into the distance (laughs) as we head to Essendon, I did utter the words to one of my fellow uh, travellers, I think he's taking us to Essendon. No, no, he wouldn't be taking us to Essendon. No, 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 no. As we approached Essendon Airport, I was forced to, a uh, a little bit more loudly, suggest that uh, you do know we're going to Moravian, don't you? Uh, to which point I got a thumbs up from the pilot because I think he was taking the thought we were taking the piss he as he on, lined up a runway. He jumped on very quickly, <laughs> didn't he, on the headset? As he lined up a runway, uh, followed by a. Uh, anyway, I'm glad you enjoyed a sight of the city and the north side of the city. We'll just go to Moravian. We'll be there in five minutes. He was. He'd taken us to the wrong airport. To be fair, it did take only. It took us only four or five minutes. Absolutely hurtling along the um, the outskirts of the city. It was a little bit bumpy. I could see that yeah. you lost the will to live for at least five. Uh, Four hundred kilometres an hour over the suburbs, and by outskirts, it it was only just the outskirts. Mm. I mean, it, it was it was magnificent. And had I just taken off from Essendon and not had a chance to feel a bit crook, then I would have enjoyed shooting across <laughs> Melbourne at 400 kilometres an hour. And so really, thank you, Mr. Pilot Man. Um, what I would have preferred more, though, just for the record, is to leave King Island and just go straight to Moravan uh, as opposed to the detour. And I really enjoyed it. But, you know, when in doubt, shortest route between two points is a straight line in the opposite direction, Caddyshack style. No, maybe it's just a straight line. So thank you. You survived it, Phil. Sense of direction. Hate. So if you, if you need someone to tell you where to go, I'm more than happy to. But moving along to my hate Good this week, you. Phil, I hate snakes. And I hate them in particular on course. Did you happen to have an experience, Damien? <sighs> yeah, I did, Phil. <laughs> so King Island, um, at first we did have a bit of a, you and I did have a bit of a, a bit of a debate about whether or not Tasmania has any snakes at all and who was resoundingly wrong on that. Yeah, I was. I, was, I must have been confusing it with Ireland, Phil. <laughs> you must have been confusing it with it Ireland, an and you must have been confusing King Island with Tasmania too. Yeah, well, that's also true, even though it is technically Tassie. True, true story, that. So anyway, snakes, there are a lot of snakes on King Island. A lot of snakes. A lot of snakes, predominantly tigers and copperheads. No. Well, only tigers and Only ones that will kill you, yeah, in a heartbeat. Two of the top 15. So in particular, nearly stepping on one. Yeah, that was a bit of a problem, Phil. Day day two. But it only would have been a little one, Damien. It would have been a skinny little oh, baby yeah, only, snake. Only like four or five inches thick, Phil. 
plenty of food on King Island. So for those who don't know, there's a lot of ground nesting birds. Because it is so windy. Mutton birds. Mutton birds all nest in the ground there. And so the snakes, the smart ones that managed to swim across from the mainland or from Tasmania, all got dropped by a helicopter, however the hell they got there. It is just festivous for them. Every minute of every day, I'll just go in this hole because I'm hungry, and then they come out and, as a result, are well-fed and fat, although they'd want to be hiding from the three eagles that we saw just circling above King Island. Oh, we'll talk about those eagles for sure. You, later oh, yeah, oh, there's an eagle. Oh, eagles. wacky eagle reference. Yeah, snakes are no good. So day, so day two, though, we saw this one, big snake. Oh, we were you know, just about to step on it and went, ooh, okay, done, drop a ball, got over it. Last day, Phil, ball goes into the rough. We we're playing Ambrose. Went to pick up my ball because obviously we wanted yeah, it was to in the take rough, it. Yeah. And put the hand in just as I go in to grab it. Off one goes, and <laughs> I jumped like I almost jumped to your height. It was that bad. Heart rate went bananas. Checked it on the Fitbit. The boys were laughing as you would expect because they're all helpful. And yeah, fair to say I was a little bit jittery over the putt. The key thing to remember, kids, is that snakes are not as big as us, and they don't really like to go out of their way to attack us, unless you're a King Brown, in which case that's the opposite. But tiger snakes are notoriously shy, and copperheads are notoriously shy. Neither take kindly to having balls picked up from under their tails yeah, or from being stood on, mm. just as a heads up mm. yeah. for anyone going to King Island that's or Tasmania. That's about, all the hate. that's about all the hatred I have, Phil. But it was a big one because it scared the living bejazus out of me. What do you love? I love, I love, you know what I love, Cape, so Cape Wickham we'll talk about, but one element of Cape Wickham, the Himalayas, Old Course St Andrews, or at St Andrews in the facility, there is the Himalayas, which is this massive putting green complex, really rolling hills, which is as busy as anything on weekends because the Old Course is closed. Cape Wickham has something greatly similar, which allows you, if you're travelling in a group or otherwise, to play nearest the pins, to play putting competitions, and this green is... I'll say 100 metres long. Yeah, comfortably. And it'll be 30 metres wide and uphill, down dale. I mean, this is there are lumps and bumps and things everywhere. And it was just fantastic. It was a great way for a group to to just bond without any pressure, have a bit of a laugh, all get stuck into me about my ability to shank a putt mm. or my lack of ability to make it from one end of the green to the other, particularly That's when right. uphill and into the wind. didn't have enough strength. That was good. I just didn't have the club speed. Mm. So I just picked it up and went to the next. But it was a fantastic thought of saying, how do we keep Again, so so full credit to the people who designed it. How do we keep people engaged with the game while they're not playing golf out on the golf course, but they don't want to sit in the bar? Now, yeah, there's a driving range, but it, it's pretty rudimentary. But it was just fantastic. It is absolute genius. And again, if you've got the space, one of those pretty easy to maintain. It wasn't in perfect condition, but yeah, it, it actually didn't matter. It, it made no difference. Quick. No, but it but it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? It just cre- keeps that enjoyment and that creativity and the banter going amongst the group, which was um, I thought was really good. Yeah, yeah. so I loved it. Loved, loved, loved. And I think, as I say, if you've got the space, any club that has the room or has the space, then just think a little bit broadly about how I'm going to keep people engaged the whole time. Three votes to Mike DeVries, Darius Oliver, and the team at Cape Wickham. Well, my love's also Cape Wickham. Phil. It would be a little bit difficult to spend uh, spend several days at Cape Wickham and not come away with some something that you love about it. And for me in particular, other than it being probably the best course I've ever played, when I think about it now, there's a couple of others that are up there, but there's a there's a few stretches along at Cape Wickham that just stand out above most, if not any, any other. And I'm talking particularly the the 9, 10, 11, 12 stretch. Even the weak here's the thing, the weakest hole on the course probably is 13, which is the par five, which is where I nearly stepped on the snake. So I may be a little bit biased there. But that 13th is, when we say it's the weakest, it's like it's like being, being you know, the ugly sister in a model's family. Like it, it is still a really good A Kardashian. Mm. I don't know which one because there are so many that I think there. <laughs> but it's, again, it's that's so, you know, the weakest hole and it still would be the best hole on most other courses. There are the, the realities for Wickham is the three weakest holes you would happily play on any golf course anywhere and would just two cracking par fours and a great par five that all give you a, a different visual. And if you think about it, yeah, four, five, and 13 are the three most bland 
hole and are all fantastic in that four you get to hit towards the the lighthouse in the distance as your key marker five you're playing back towards the ocean to a tiny little green set there and six and then 13 is the par five as you show sort of up and over the hill but for me when you've got my lack of short game and you've got the himalayas lurking over the back and i thought i'd spend enough time there there's still challenges as you get closer and closer to the green It, it is it is a Unbelievable golf course. Unbelievable. It's not just you, a good golf course. And then you flip over the other side for the last five holes, and that stretch is just incredible. The two days we played, one into the wind, one sort of with the wind helping a little bit, completely different course, but still you know you're going to get you're going to have to play into the teeth at least you know once at or some twice stage. because you go out a little bit and then come back in. That closing hole is one of the greats. That is a fantastic closing hole, the 18th. Yeah, and 16, 17, 18 is a way to – to finish the round. And again, we, we spoke about in a previous podcast about this theory of making one and 18 enjoyable, breathtaking holes as opposed to ball breakers. And one of the th- interesting things for me is that the last 18th hole at Ocean Dunes, where we also played, is a really nice hole, but just a, a tough golf hole climbing yeah. up into the, you know, particularly if, slightly into the wind, but climbing up. A spectacular golf hole, but with nothing else to see. Whereas Wickham leaves you with conversation and ongoing conversation. It leaves you with smile. It leaves you with photo opportunity, as does one. Yeah. And it's really, it's really, really smart design. But as you said, the last three holes there, as good as final three holes anywhere in the world. The first three holes are as good as any first three holes anywhere in the world. The middle, the middle's pretty. The good middle still, twelve <laughs> are as good as any middle twelve. And any golf and any golf course in the world, and I know it is fresh in our mind, but I'll I'll have no problem declaring it, it is not the world's hardest golf course, and that's no. where we we need to say, you know, this is not Pine Valley off the tips. Not that we've been invited to play there yet, but the, the it gets a tick for enjoyment, it gets a tick for vista, it gets a tick for condition. It's got the return return factor to it, big it time. Demands that you come back, and it was funny. This return factor was something we were talking about after we played at Ocean Dunes, and even halfway through the round at Ocean Dunes is how does King Island get you back? Mm. Why would I come back to King Island? Cape Wickham. The Cape Wickham. Two words. Cape mm. Wickham. The answer was the next day when we played Cape Wickham. What we didn't get to play, and what we must do next time, is King Island Golf Club. Like in the heart of King Island, where you get amongst the community, and it is a, a far more rustic, less polished, but a nice breather between the two. But how do you get people back to King Island? Cape Wickham. Cape Wickham will do it. So just unbelievable. One of the truly great loves, Damien, that you have ever I, come I'm in love. With. I've actually said I'll, yeah. I'm in love with Cape <laughs> yeah. Wickham. Yeah, I am. Yeah, unbelievable. Game changers, Phil. I know there was quite a bit of talk around yours this week. Game changers. What starts as a flippant idea, Damien? Gathers momentum very, very quickly. And so when we arrived at the airport to take off to go to King Island and one of the esteemed group said, hey, love this Uber player rating thing, made me think we're onto something. By the end of the trip, in fact, no, No, after one round, everyone had a player rating. Now, for those who weren't aware of the Uber player ratings, they can go back and listen to Long Live the King podcast from last week. But- this idea of, in fact, I've had a lot of feedback from other friends and otherwise saying, hey, this has got legs, whereby like people you. were fluctuating. Long ones. You know, early on I thought you were 4.7, but maybe you're 4.1. <laughs> I'm proud to say that I'm now in the fours, y- so yeah. I've worked pretty hard to get there. I'm proud to say that you're almost in the fours, Damien. Mm, hurtful. But what I thought is that I'd expand on what it meant and what the criteria were. So if you're discussing this amongst your playing group, so here are some key criteria to become – the Uber golf ratings or the Uberon golf ratings, as they potentially will become depending on trademarks. So ability to hold a conversation. So obviously I get marked down for that. General cleanliness. Mm, you're not big on that. Yeah, but I, I now because I'm wearing Malara, at least I look better. Yeah, I smell a bit, That's a start, but I look yeah. better. So just stay the two metres thing, mm-hmm. like my life is corona. Your understanding of etiquette. That's a big one. Like do you get the fact that cheating is not that good? Or even a little bit good. Or even a little bit good. Do you get the fact that if you start the ball with a white ball, start a hole with a white ball and finish with a yellow ball. Someone's going to pick you up on it. Yeah. You're going to get called on it and you're going to get marked down. Shout out as. Flag preference. So one of the critical things are, are you a flag or innerer? This is is a pet hater. Or are you a flag or outerer? Are you an innie or an outie? Yeah. Now, you might have a preference for one or the other, but in the purposes of Uber Golf Ratings, there will be a scale, which will be in to out. 
And if you you just have to guess which one you think is going to rate you higher or lower. So you might say, oh, he gets five. He definitely gets five out of five for being an innie. But if it is our preference, it's our idea. Yeah. We own the technology. If we think Audi is number one and innie is no good, yeah, then you may well find yourself a 3.6 as opposed to a 4.8. 100%. And and more to the point, you have to be consistent with your innie or Audi. I don't like the some days innie, some day Audi. Not a fan. Yeah, and don't give me a changes depending on the flag or how my stroke is. No, no, no. Just commit to one or the other. Declare it early and accept the ramifications from your Uberon golf riding. Goodbye, you. Uh, speed of play. We love If that. you're a trudging, just trudging mess who wants to drag your feet and rehearse every shot and all the rest of it, you're going to get marked out. You might get you lots of ticks for all the other ones, so you can still get in the fours, but you're going to struggle to get in the fours if you want to rehearse every missed putt uh, every chip shot or, or otherwise. But but you'll still be in the fours because you still might be great company. And then the last one, this one's probably a little bit selfish, and I'm going to call this- What a surprise. The Golf Baron's Awareness Scale. So uh, if someone is not aware of who we are and what we're attempting to do, then they just are a scratch. Yep. They don't get a one, they get a zero. On a one to five scale, they get a zero. Can you get a negative, Phil? No, you can't get a, you can't get a negative, but you don't want to be the first two. Because if you're an Uber 2, big trouble. Very hard to get from a 2 to a 3, isn't it? For you, it's insurmountable. It would be equivalent to climbing Everest mm. on a windy day. Which is surmountable. By yeah, it is surmountable. Well, yeah, no, that's actually – but really tricky? <laughs> that, maybe? Very <laughs> <hard>. Quite complicated. <laughs> golf bands were awareness. So there you go. Conversation cleanliness, etiquette, flag preference, speed of play, and golf barons awareness. I love this. It is set in stone. We're developing the app as we speak. It is all registered and trademarked. Back off, haters. Haters uh, going to hate, Phil. Haters going to hate. Hate, hate. Hate, hate. Game changers, Damien. That is st- – I'm hats off to you, Phil. It's the best idea you've had and you're going to try and – you're going to try and – I'm pursuing. Yeah, I was going to say you're going to pat it for as many weeks as you can. <laughs> yeah, so you don't have to come up with anything new. Next week, it will be the same thing. We will see. Phil, my game – I've kind of got two. So one's a, one's a quick one, but I'm going to start off with finishing a golf trip. If you if you play several games of golf while you're away, we discovered the best way to finish it is with a two-man Ambrose event. Gold. It is – so much better than going off the stick or even a Stableford, another Stableford comp. Genius suggestion and full credit to Justin, one of our esteemed guests. Dr. JC. Uh, Dr. JC for actually recommending it because it, it changed, it finished the, the three days of golf with an awesome dynamic, with a lot of fun, lots of banter, a little bit enough competition because we deliberately kept the, uh, the whole event uncompetitive, but it created enough interest that you just saw people sort of knuckle down a little bit, line up a putt for a little bit longer. But they didn't feel the pressure of, of the, you know, the third day, fourth yeah. day playing. They're not as – you're still a bit sore. Everyone's going to be sore, at particularly at your age. These guys are, are out there playing, enjoying themselves without too much pressure but still being able to have fun and a little bit of competition. And when you get the two guys together, it was, it was great to watch. It was really, really good fun. So that, that was my first one, Phil. But another one which we experienced on the second day in my group was – Soaking it in. I know we talked about the speed of play and, and all the rest of it, but we had – I've never had a round of golf where I've thought, oh, I wish I spent a little more time there taking in that view or, you know, enjoying that hole more. It couldn't have been more perfect. We all absolutely embraced where we were, indulged in what we were doing, and it was close to the perfect round of golf for what we wanted to get out of it. It was magic. So soak it in. Don't be afraid to actually enjoy where you are. Yeah, I think that was a really good point. And it was noted by me and our group because we're in the group in front of you having hit off- You're a bit zippy. Having guys. hit off seven minutes in front of you and finished three and a half hours ahead of you. A little um, bit But what was fascinating for us by the same token, uh, you know, you talk about enjoying and, and soaking things up. The, Literally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the know. weather changed rather dramatically as you were playing those last three holes at Cape Wickham as we goes back. And so initially we were going to wait for you guys to finish, then we're all going to play our two-man Ambrose in the afternoon. And we said- they're so far away and are taking their time, which is great. Let's just get going. Within two holes, the wind had gone from 20 kilometers an hour to About probably 70, 60, yeah. 60 or 70. The rain was coming in sideways enough that my cataracts are now being completely demolished. So I can see clearly, which is a real bonus. So as you were finishing a leisurely round and, and doing everything that you said and doing it really well and then having a drink, we thought it was the perfect opportunity to just go, nah, let's keep going. Yeah. Hosing down 
wind as strong as I've ever played golf in, rain coming in sideways, but we just kept saying, no, 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 we'll just keep going. And laughing your asses off along the way. We were having the it's best the time best losing time. balls. So nothing different there, yeah. No, but really losing them wide. Losing watching, them wider than usual. Watching the good doc make a birdie on an uphill into the wind, rain coming sideways hole was one of the great things of all time. But to enjoy a golf course in such vastly different conditions because on the Friday night when we arrived, oh, a Thursday night when we arrived, sorry, it was really magic. balmy. Yeah. We headed out and played, you know, six or seven holes, very, very balmy conditions, getting bitten by marge flies, mosquitoes, the whole lot, but beautiful sunset, outstanding. Mm-hmm. Friday, a little bit windy in the morning. Friday afternoon, it was gale force and raining. So we got to see the best and the worst of Cape Wickham, but it was all the best of mateship and friendship and experience things and saying I wouldn't change it for the world. A few times was it, should we head back? No. Yeah, no, you're right. That was a stupid thing. Another stupid suggestion by me. So I lost points in the Uber riding for stupid suggestions. Mm-hmm. Do you just push on? So you you, you savoured the the majesty of it, and we savoured the brutality of it. But yeah. we both had an equally um, walked away enjoyable with, experience. Yeah, with a great great story to tell. As Unbelievable well. gear effect, Phil. Gear effect is a simple one for me, Damien. And it was again highlighted even more by playing three round four. In fact, how many holes we played? A lot of rounds. We played three four rounds and. And a number of other holes. Mm. How it is possible within one golf bag to have your go-to favourite club yeah. sitting within, very un-corona-like, but sitting within the, let's say, six inches of the devil. Oh, what was your I devil? What was so, your devil stick, Phil? So every round, if I was in trouble and had anywhere between 86 metres in and 155, 160 in, the six iron would come out. Because the six iron is my friend, and it knows it, and I know it. We have a connection. It comes out of the bag. It says good day. I say good day. You know, we have a little hug, and then it always works. Always works. Always. It almost always works. Yeah. Well, it, everyone has bad days, mm-hmm. and it, yeah, there were a couple of moments. The devil, my fifty-two degree wedge. I fair income. It almost ended up in Bass Strait <laughs> on <laughs> at least a dozen occasions. It hates me. As soon as I pick it up, it says, you know, I don't like you. I gave you a one. But like, that's what it, it's looking at me saying, I gave you a one. So your 52 degree wedge wouldn't have a great Uber rating, Uber golf rating. Well, it gave me a one. It hates me. So I gave it a one and it gave me a one. It was like in Curb Your Enthusiasm with the Lowland women from Romania versus oh the Highland women. But it gave me a one, I gave it a one. So we know we hate each other. What's happened though is the 52 has got talking to the 58. Oh, it's starting to spread like corona. Yeah. It coughed on the 58. 58 gave me a 1.1. We used to be mates. A- we were friends. He, w- he has refused to work. He's gone on strike. Do you see the irony that it, the six, the 666 club is not the devil? I just found it amusing, that's all. <laughs> you do find weird things amusing. Anyway, so I'm, I'm amazed by, and it'll lead to my crystal balls, but I'm amazed how within one golf bag you can have one club that you love and loves you back. So, so why is it the devil, Phil? Was it what were you doing? Because I'm crap. It? But what what was the problem? Were you just not hitting it crisply? Like were you were you completely flubbing it? Were you yep. air swinging? Yes. Were you yes? All of the above. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this idea of hitting a ball crisply. So you never took your fifty two in when you had to uh, get a ball out where there's snakes around because you would have missed. I was hoping the snake would bite it. To be completely frank, the the great thing about the fifty two and hitting a ball crisply, there is a real sound, crisp sound. When the middle of the blade strikes the middle of the ball. I'm well aware of it, Phil. Yeah. It is crisp. I mean, it's gone. Like, you don't get the ball back, but the sound was crisp. (laughs) So, if I had to give it an Uber rating based on crispness or crispiality, it would get a tick. But I'm not sure that's my intention. To the point where even my man Terrence, at one stage in our two-man Ambrose, as he was lighting it up with his short game, which still annoys me, I actually hit a shot. And do you know what the first two words he said were following me hitting this shot with the 52? Oh, Phil. <laughs> it's almost people Philly. Oh, Phil. Oh, what, just for the record, was there any um, talk of people Philly? No I, talk. Because I did word them up before they went out there. I'm annoyed they didn't use them. No, because I was playing well. I was actually hitting the ball. That's when you use people Philly. No, no, no. I'm beyond that it now. Makes you, oh, I'm beyond that now because we're, King Island was so isolated, I would have refused to accept that there were any people. No Unless there were snakes. Right. If they had said snakes Philly. Oh, you reckon snakes yeah, Philly could have done it. Or yeah. well, watch behind you. But uh, anyway, Terence, oh, Phil. 
it was almost like he thought that I was taking the piss by deliberately being crap. Like that's it. Smart. Thanks, Terence. Smart man, T. Uh, what about you, Domo? Gear My, mine's a simple one, and it's a little bit of a. And I kind of need to apologise to you, but it's a bit hard. My gear effect is, you know, driving irons, Phil. They're actually pretty good. Are they really? <laughs> I, I like driving irons, Phil. So, <laughs> my goodness. Hang on. So, a couple of weeks ago, we had an issue with, or last week, with golf tennis, where you completely rejected my theory of golf tennis and then falling in love with it. That's a bit ordinary. You had the fitting at Mizuno, where I declared post-fitting at Mizuno that the favourite club in your bag Could be the will club. become your HMB 3 yeah. yeah, you did say that. Sorry, just back to you. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, and and it's it's not all the heat. It's not my favourite club. My fairway is still my favourite club. <laughs> my fairway is your favourite club. Yes. Your fairway is my favourite. But the driving iron, especially at a course like Wickham, when you need to keep it a little bit under the wind, I still hit it high, but yeah. it just bores through it. It's just a safety. Why why have I been fighting <laughs> this for so long? It, it is just awesome. And I think that when you look at your set makeup and the fact that you have that in the three – it just takes the pressure off. Like if that was the, the MP20 in the three iron, you think about trying to hit the same shots you hit, it'd be talk and cheese. And no offence to ability, but this is the reality of how clubs are made, whereas the HMB just gives you that margin for error. Yeah. Whoosh, rocket. Whoosh. So think of the 15th at Wickham, so that par five. We played that on that day that was crazy windy into, into the wind, I think from memory, and hit it three wood, just three wood because that's my safety because the driver wasn't working, and then pulled out that three and – Smoked it past the hole. Had a look at a had a look at an eagle. Might have three putted, but that's not it the doesn't point. Matter. Not the point. It doesn't matter. The shot in was magnificent, and I looked at it and went, "Wow, okay, yeah. Phil, damn it, feels right." Fourth. They are ro- they are rocket ships, and as we said in our review, these are you know these are hollow metal blade. These are rocket ships. They are absolutely designed to just do everything that they promise. They really they they're a dream club, Phil. They are a dream club. They are a dream club. And that might get us on to an early dreaming this week because I'm going to change things up a little, Phil. I'm going to throw this out to you. I'm sorry to mess you up. Who do you think you are, the host or something? Because I just feel like it's time for a bit of dreaming. We're up and about. The feeling in the room is good. The mood's great. Dream away. You had, I rolled you, what did I roll you? An R, was it? Uh, Ah, so where are we going? You're going to hate me because you told me to come up with something creative and inventive. I did. Uh, RM, Royal, just because you know I love it, because you know I love it, Golf Dreaming, Royal, Malta. Come on. There's the twist. That was a bit of a Malteser, Phil. Yes, it was a Malteser. It was a- A Malta-teaser. It was a chocolate-coated malt ball. Damien. Royal Malta. Let me tell you some stuff about Royal Malta. Who doesn't know a lot about Royal Malta? Established in- Is it in Malta? Uh, sorry, that's a good point. First, let's establish where it is. It's in Malta. Very good. I think it's near Mike Valletta, but then again, everything in Malta is near Valletta because Malta is not that big. So we'll just go, it's near Valletta because, again, my research sometimes goes missing. A little bit skewed. Particularly with. when I'm too busy focusing on the lack of uh, compass awareness of mm. Mr. Pilot Man. Oh, no, don't worry about Moravant. Just fly to Essendon. Like, we'll get a cab back. Are we going to get anywhere near an R here, Phil? Royal Malta. That is so weak. No, no, Royal yeah, R, Royal Malta, tick. Thank you. Moving on. Uh, Royal Malta, real established real in 1888. Yeah. By, great name coming up, great name coming up, by Lieutenant General, but that wasn't enough. He needed more titles. So here we go. Lieutenant General Sir Henry Doyley Torrens. Henry Doyley. But it's never complete unless you got letters at the end. So, Lieutenant General Sir Henry Doyley Torrens, KCB, KCMG. Wow. Don't ask me. I didn't look it up. (laughs) Knights of the Round Table, Knight of the Square Table, Knight of- Goodbye, him. Anyway, so- Tell me about the course, Phil. Henry, Henry, Big H, decided that golf needed to be played on Malta. He was right. And so, he hooked up his mate, the Duke of- You're going to hate this reference. The Duke of Stephen Edberg. The Duke of Edinburgh at the the time, who also had a good name. So he was Prince Alfred, Alfred Ernest Albert. This sounds like a history lesson, Phil. Tell me about the Sorry, yeah, anyway. He was also the third son of Queen Letitia. Sorry, Queen Victoria. Gentle track, lots of fun. Really easy, challenging for good play, yet kind of the beginner, which is our ultimate dream. And we talk about golf courses that challenge both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. But make golf to be hard. Uh, Has a world amateur golf golf ranking junior event there. So it's, it's a nice little golf course. One of the golf holes there is 
nicknamed the maid's bedroom. Eh? Eh? Because you hit over a ruin and you can actually see the flag through the doorway of the ruin. Maid's oh, bedroom. Okay. Yeah. Do I don't know why. It made... Off the tee or anything. No. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with it. So, uh, Maid's bedroom, it, fantastic. So, let me tell you a little bit about Malta. If you like scuba diving, I used to, yes. If you like golf, I if definitely. you like being outdoors, if you like food, wine, if you like nice hotels, Mediterranean, just lots of there's just lots of ticks here. So we're going to eat we're going to eat at the Vinotech Bistro. Mm. It's anyway. Oh, it'll explain it because I've done it in the wrong order. It doesn't matter. I'm going with eat. We're going to eat bragioli. That's so not how you pronounce it. Bragioli. Okay, go on. Am I going better now? I don't know. B r a g i o l i. Anyway, which is Maltese rolled beef parcels with rosemary and tomatoes, which just delicious. That sounds magnificent. We are going to drink raspberry limoncello prosecco. Yeah, see, not a Prosecco man, Phil. But you will be. Mm. And do you know why? Because it says, or made a reference, it's the perfect drink for yeah. your highbrow friends. Yeah, not so sure. So I thought I'd buy you one. We're going to stay in the Corinthia Hotel at St. George's Bay. Just in a hotel? It's not just a hotel. Google it. No, you, that is the point. You are here to tell me about um, it. So, I don't so Deluxe Hotel with lots of pools and restaurants, looking out over the water, St. George's Bay, funnily enough. Okay, they, nice. Hence the name. Genius. The Maltese are genius. And we're going to see, okay, apologies for butchering another one. But I don't know what you do when an M and an N start a word. I'm not sure which one to focus on. Followed by an A and a J. So, Manyadra, good by me, temples, which were 3,600 to 3,200 BC. They were built into the Cliffs. And the youngest of the temples, there are three of them, and the youngest of the temples is actually used from an alignment point of view uh, the, when the sun is at the equinox, actually shines to a specific point in the temple. See, I that mean, this, would be pretty cool. I yeah, they were ahead of the game back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely outstanding. Um, so Royal Malta, I don't think there's anything else I can tell you other than Malta is just it Sounds, like a, cool, sounds like a cool place to go to. For, I'm, look, I'm a little disappointed Sorry. that the R uh, that yeah, you came up with was Royal. That was pretty I mean, that's pretty weak. Uh, you should have seen the golf courses in Rwanda. They just weren't quite they up weren't to my standards. There. They're not quite dreamingable yet. Okay. Come on, Rwanda. But once hand. the grass grows, but we'll take gorillas, it. Phil. We could see the gorillas. The are gorillas? Oh, right. Just, oh, it's, I no, don't just know. Uh, no, everything has to start with an art. Yeah. Damien, I don't really care about my dreaming anymore because I challenged you to come up with something good and I reckon you've nailed it and I'm going to sit back and listen. Dream me away, baby. I had P, didn't I? And it had to be a country, Phil. So we're going to Panama. We're going to Panama. Panama. We're going to Panama. <laughs> we're going to have a banana in Panama. And Phil, I'm taking you to Lucero Golf and Country Club or Lucero. I don't know. <laughs> something like that. So Panama, bordered by Costa Rica in the west and Colombia or Colombia to the southeast. South, we're South America, Phil. Weather is going to be magnificent. It's a beautiful place. This is a... So it theme South America or Central America, don't it? Uh, we're in the Americas. <laughs> <laughs> it's on one of the continents. Sorry, like, I should, like, you like weren't the, nasty to me. Like the pilot. My geography <laughs> yeah. is not my greatest. It's not my greatest suit. But this is, I mean, this place is first class. It's, it's pretty challenging. 18-hole championship course designed by J. Michael, not Michael J. Fox. But J. Michael Polot. Really? I believe that's how you pronounce it. And we're going to stay at, wait till you see where we're staying at. Because, I mean, the, the course is pretty nice. It's, it, you're not going to go there just for the course, though. But you are going to go there to stay at the Lucero Tree Houses, Phil. These are the highlands of, uh, of Panama, luxury tree houses. They've got duplex villas. It's like living like Swiss Family Robinson. And you're overlooking, you're up on the canopy and you're oh, looking down. What's that? We speak about this a lot, don't we, Damien? About things that I wasn't expecting to hear. Swiss Family Robinson. Swiss Family right. Robinson has got to be up there with some of your best. Well, there you uh, go. Proceed. Yeah. So this place, outstanding accommodation, views to, to – to, and, and sort of a once-in-a-lifetime experience in that respect. Only problem is there's no pets allowed, Phil, so you can't bring your spider monkeys. But other than that, <laughs> it's a little bit – it's a tad harsh, but other than that, unbelievable place to stay, really cool course. Can you see the canal? Uh, we're going to eat caribou. <laughs> My research is sometimes like yours. We're going to eat Caribbean skewers. 
Yes. We're not going to eat the skewers themselves, but chicken marinated in lemongrass, barbecue sauce grilled with capsicum, pineapple and onion with some rice, you know, turmeric-styled rice with basil and ginger, a bit of red chilli sauce, fell, soybeans, grilled pineapple sauce, chipotle and spearmint. This is this is almost ca- this is Caribbean-style flavours because that's kind of close to where it is apparently. <laughs> the lemongrass thing's an interesting one given how strong it is in, in cooking Asia. through Southeast Asia. Yeah. That pan- I mean, you could not get further away from Southeast Asia. Yet lemongrass is is one of the things they cook with. That's ge- I love that lemongrass is spread worldwide. I'm peckish, much like Corona. <laughs> it's ah. the Corona of herbs or it, it's, grasses. It's a herbal is Corona. It a it's a herbal COVID. COVID. Enough. Let's get back on track, Phil. Because what's more important than any of that is what we're drinking. Is what we're drinking now in this region. It's very fa- What is Panama famous for, Phil? Canals. What else is it famous for, Phil? It helps you every Hats. morning. Every morning, it helps you. Hats. It helps you wake up from your dreamy slumber. Coffee. 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 Oh, that was going to be my third guest yeah, after no, Canals and Hats. I could tell you were getting there. But this, this place is the only- So here in, in Lechero, it's the only place where coffee is cultivated in a golf course within Panama. So they actually have coffee beans being cultivated at this place. And the coffee has nothing to do with Beverly Hills Cop in that they pack other things in coffee to throw off the sniffer dogs. It's actually genuine for no, no, coffee No, that would be Colombia, you're confusing, which is also is quite close in this region of the world. And they don't do Hats. Or canal. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think I've thrown you yeah, again. Right. Oh, well, come on. Oh, where are we? So, coffee. Coffee. But I'm not going to give you, you know me, I'm not going to yes. give you a, a latte or a cappuccino, Phil. But instead, a Panamanian espresso martini. Oh. Which, for the record, is something I just made up. It's yeah. basically just an espresso martini. You're using- just, you just really wanted a drink today, didn't you? Yeah, pretty much. So, I'm actually, that's me. That's my, uh, that's my dreaming. But I'm going to throw it into golf tipples because yeah. that's what I'm yeah. going to make you, Phil. Yes, you are. Come on, tell me that. Yes, right. you are. Me, that was. Give me a tip you for are me. back. I take back Panama. everything I've said about golf dreaming. You've nailed it. You've nailed the drink. You've nailed. Not that we've had it yet, but I'm getting it because ready apparently I had one job, which was to get ice. Yeah, and and, and instead I got iced water. Uh, attention to detail has never been my strong suit, All but right. that's okay. So, uh, talk us through it. First things first, Phil. I'm throwing in some some ice in just to. Into the uh, into the shaker. Any particular type of ice? Because I noticed yeah, at King yeah, Island and yeah, Cape Wickham, unmelted. they didn't have any on the Thursday or the Friday. Unmelted would be preferable. Thanks, Phil. Right now, I'm going to get these starting off. We're going to start oh. with uh, with some vodka. How are you, Mister Belvedere? Belvedere. Oh, there we go. So there we go. What was next? Next is a little bit of. Now, I'm not a sweet tooth, Phil. I'm pretty sure you're not either. You're not either. Okay, good. Because you're going to like this because I'm, as you can see, not normally you'd have Kahlua and simple syrup and that's just sickly sweet for me in an espresso martini. I've gone for Mr. Black's cold brew coffee liqueur. (laughs) (laughs) Your liquor cabinet, Damien, is off the charts. So I'm just going to get a little bit of that in. Now, all I need is only 15 mil of that, Phil, which is probably- about, about there. half that much. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> In it goes. Really? In it goes. A little bit. Tiny bit of simple syrup. That'll do it. And then all we need, Phil, is a double shot of espresso. What sort of espresso, Damien? Panamanian, Phil. Really? Believe it or not, I found some this week. Is you. there any other kind? I've gone out of my way to find you... As real an experience as of this cocktail I've just made up. You are authentic. Then we give it the old shaky Come shaky. On. Do it. Do it, Brian. There we go. Could give it a bit more, but it's probably going to hurt your ears. Wait for it. And then out Here she we goes. Go. Here it comes. Uh... There we go, Phil. Yeah. Nice and great presentation too. Don't you just love the frothiness on top? Oh, it looks magnificent. Have a taste Have of that, Phil. Have you done that before? Have a taste of that, Phil, and let me know what you think. Cheesy. Oh, strong Panamanian coffee blend. I it like is. it. I like it. And Phil's, what does he think? What does he think? Do you know what I think, Damien? 
I think from a dreaming point of view, mm. I think some of our dreams need to be lived out. We need to make them reality. Is this one Let's of them? Let's go to Panama. You want to go to Panama? I think I want to go to Panama. I think I would like to go and stay there, but I, I don't want to play golf. You're not even sure about golf. Here's oh, what I want to do. I want to go to Panama. I want you to expand my horizons in my mind in the world of cigars. Oh, that's easy. While we drink those. Outstanding. And Because I'm not a big drinker. And I can sense that I'm about to be corrupted, but that is really quite delicious. And in fact, as a as a uh, any time of the day, Phil, as a rookie espresso martini Panamanian, you know, ha- having never had one in my life, there you go. I have now Kipper lives on them, <laughs> lives on them. Not about the Panamanian bit, Panamanian, Panama. Uh, it's Panamanian, it's Pandamanian. But he loves he Good. loves a coffee, uh, an espresso martini. He's Can I just say that combination this week of your golf dreaming into your golf tipples, three votes. Kind if of that, seamless. But if that was a Uber Golf Baron podcast rating playing partner ranking, you're in the high fours. I increased. Yes. Yeah. I need every if, every point I can get. If it, well, you really do. Good job. No, that's really, really quite consumable. Yes. Enjoy the rest of that, Phil, while we continue on. You're predicting that we're going to get to to Panama, but I think it's time for our crystal balls, and it's you're not going to like this, Phil. It's another win for the big fella. Another win. Wouldn't have thought so. I made a prediction several weeks oh, ago. Oh, you did too. Several weeks ago that whilst <laughs> at Cape Wickham, I was going to score an eagle. Guess what, Phil? Guess what? What, Damien? We scored an eagle. <laughs> what? Hang yeah. on. A- Something just happened then. What? What just happened? Damien, you started with several weeks ago. I predicted mm. I was going to score an eagle. Score an eagle, yeah. There was another word. Oh, we scored an eagle. Not you and me. Hey, well, we, what's the we bit? Well, we were playing. It was in the Ambrose comp that we were playing. But but it was. it's still an eagle. We said we we're going to score an eagle. We got an eagle. Okay. What, what hole was it? Uh, it was the ninth. Ninth hole at? Cape Wickham. At Cape Wickham. Downhill. Truly, one before we go any further, truly one of the greatest golf holes I have ever seen or played. That is incredible. It, it, it literally has everything. It, it has everything you could want out of a par five that is not long in terms of distance, but is long or, or difficult in terms of twists Incredibly and turns difficult. and mounds. And so, talk me through this awesome eagle that we had. That you predicted you would have yeah, at I Cape Wickham, have it, yeah. And so, how many of the, of the three shots? Yes, par five it was. Par five. Yeah. You hit. I hit two of them. You hit two of them. Sixty-six percent, almost sixty-seven percent, Phil. It is almost, isn't it? Yeah, I just had Round to do some up. quick maths. <laughs> and what were the two that the you two hit? important ones? The no, what would and no, the, <laughs> and no. The because I think you'll find that your skipper Jules hits the most important one. Well, he was the skipper because he's a better bloke. He's got a higher Uber player rating. Slightly. And he got you off the tee into the perfect position, did he not? Well, we had to count his drafts because we had to get a certain amount of drafts. Wow. And we could have taken mine, but no, I as team, I said hey. earlier, I don't like snakes. <laughs> <laughs> so you were – what club did you hit in? So my three iron, the driving iron, Phil, that we've talked about. Again, greatest shot of my life. So, so about 140 another out? Tick, another big tick to you. No, I think you find it was about 240 out, Phil. 240, 240. is the declaration. 240. And just to paint the picture of this shot and yeah, to give you credit, Mm-hmm. If it was that far out, if well, and do I do you, say if, do you remember where the pin was on on that final round? What you mean, tucked behind that fifteen foot high mound covered in grass and snakes? That would be it. Five foot on from the right side of the green and from the back, impossible. whereby over the back is you are done. Im- almost impossible to get to. Land it too far short, and you are in what's called McGumby. snake gully. Yeah, Robert McGumby, snake yes. gully. <laughs> yeah, very good. And you hit three iron from three hundred and ninety <laughs> meters <laughs> off the dirt. To how far? Uh, to I think it was about eight or nine feet, and you hold the putt. And you hold the putt. Of course, I did. Hang on, I, I find putt. that I find that has less credibility than you hitting the. So the three iron, I'd get, I'd can get, putt. but you holding an eight foot putt. Can I ask? Did did your skipper, Jules, putt first or no, second? No, I putted. I didn't even have a look at it. So I hit hit both. But come on, Phil, stop trying to trying to tear me down. It was a great. It was the greatest shot in the history of the world. <laughs> <laughs> the shot heard around Cape Wickham. They're it calling was. it. It was, it was unbelievable. Well done. To make well it done. even more interesting, we looked up and there were uh, there were eagles flying above. Yeah. At the time, it was a sign. It was a sign. It Phil. was a sign. I, I saw that same sign. It didn't have the same impact on my golf or my team, other than the fact 
the joy of watching an eagle soar around getting chased by a hundred crows. You, you, you saw that, yeah. And not giving two he shits. He couldn't care. He couldn't have cared less. It was just, boys, if, if you're really annowing me, you know all I do is just fly upwards yeah, for like, 20 or 30,000 It's like he's going, feet. oh, there's a couple of flies around me. Yeah. But they kept going at him. They yeah. swatting him away and he's just cruising around. You could see his smile. Like, how good's this? Oh, it's good to be the king. Uh, he had a lot of talent. Over to you, Phil. Well did done. You, did you, sir... Have, I don't have any other um, any other predictions. I've had. I'm three from three. Mm. I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to have a think about whether I can come up with something. It's right out there that I can see if I can make it work. Well, because in reality, thanks to what they call the Wuhan coffers, the new basketball team, everything else has been Under delayed. The Wuhan coffins. No, see, that would have been really nasty because these people have families. Don't be like this. Isn't that the gag you just used? <laughs> you didn't. I wish I was trying to <laughs> dig up, stupid. Come on, Phil. What's um, your prediction? So my my crystal ball. So yes, uh, I think because Corona's ruined tour. Like I, I tell you what, I would hate to do. Mm-hmm. I'd hate to be a media agency relying on tour for mm-hmm. information. Because one thing that we do is we just talk about the game we play. Absolutely. Anyway, that's a bit of fun. That's an aside. Stinger chasing. So my personal goals were I was going to go hunting a stinger, and then I had this side goal of actually getting a short gun. What I've come to the conclusion, thanks to my man Terence, Big T, was that I've got to let go of the stinger. Mm. For a number of reasons, swing speed. No, one may or may not be the purity of contact because I'm a bit of a big deal. You're not a flasher, a- and a pure ball, a- absolutely pure ball striker. So why do I need a stinger <laughs> if I can control and manipulate the spin? Yeah, no, you definitely can do that, Phil. But what is critical and what became crystal clear from a crystal ball's point of view is that if I don't hurry up and get a short game, then my other personal goals of consistently breaking eighty are out the window. It's- and- it's comfortably the weakest part of your game. It is quite comfortably the weakest part of my game. And not only that puts enormous pressure on the rest of my game, but I, if I get myself a short game, I'm willing to declare that, that low 70s are within my reach. Low 70s. Yeah. Delicious. I'm willing to declare that high 70s are within my reach high or 70s, potentially yeah, a little bit higher. <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to talk too much about myself, but, you know, I did have a lazy – Two over on the back nine at Cape Wickham in the wind on the Friday. So, mm. you know, so sit down, champ. And that's without a short game. So, Stinger out. I have to get good from 40 to 60, from uh, 30. What's the look on your face? I've got to get good from Quite 20 to, from about t- five. It's like a nearest the you pin. you got to get good a lot. Isn't we're, it? <laughs> we're having a nearest the pin about my short game. I've got to get as good as I can be from anywhere between two yards mm. and 95, seven, yeah, eight. 98, 99 yards, and then my game, my golf game is going to change. Okay, but how are you going to measure that, Phil? I mean, you're predicting this. Is so what's the crystal balls? I am going to get good. My crystal balls is I am going to start to hit greens from 50 yards and in. But how will you know when that's a tick? What's your measurement? What's your When someone says to me, geez, your short game's improved. <laughs> when someone says it, or it's good, yeah. or it's respectable. No, no, someone's got to say it. If someone cannot say to me, geez, your short game's improved, it hasn't improved enough. Right. But I am embracing Seve. This is my Seve moment. It's a sevy line in the sand. Look out. All right, Phil. Very good. You've asked me to write down corrections here. You've got some corrections or something you wanted to talk about? And I'll be very brief here. Um, the do. first correction that I've got to make. Mm-hmm. You, in our last podcast from me? The National. Why am I getting- You, you spoke about- No, no, okay. this is a positive for you. Oh, good. I like you that. spoke about changing the game by mm-hmm. playing a forward tee. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You, you referred to a ladies' tee, oh, which I was offended by, frankly. Oh, not as a woman, but as a but red tee. Short hitter, yeah. But the idea of playing a shorter tee. Because I, my attention to detail is not great, in your mind, All you good. said shorter tee. Yeah. In my mind, I heard tiger tees. Not quite the same thing. So what I'd like to do is apologise. Because when we arrived at Ocean Dunes, ah. to be told how hard the course was, mm. and me stupidly with a variety of player levels to declare that, yeah, 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 back, it's got to be black tees. Mm. You know it's got a, it's rated at 145. Yeah. <laughs> the shortest hitter <laughs> hit at the longest? Yeah, that's right. Uh, as the shortest hitter in the group, mm. I elected to take the back pegs. How'd that work out for you? I would like to apologise to my guests and our guests. I'd like to apologise to you for not listening. Anyway, I've got to move on from that because that was about me apologising, but I received an email Damien. Just the one. From and some feedback from our last podcast mm. from a listener who I will call Alan to protect his identity. His name's Alan, isn't it? I will call him Alan to protect his identity. Hi, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> and Alan wanted me to point out a couple of things to you. 
One, in our last podcast, you referred to something having the whole of the entirety. See, did I? Well, he said, he said you did. Uh, as a wordsmith, no, that's, and one of the smarter guys that I know. That's redundant. Uh, other than Tree, one of the smarter guys that I know, it, you're better than that. Yeah, I am. So oh. braveness, I corrected you and made a mistake, and I apologise for that. The whole of the entirety, unacceptable. Second bit, I'm moving on from that just in case it's not true. So the yeah, second bit, I want, I want the second bit was you correcting me when we were talking about countries starting with L. And I said, and you were talking about the limitations of countries starting with L. And you said, oh, well, I only had Latvia and Lithuania. And I said, oh, what about Lesotho? And yeah. you said, but you said it had to be a country. Yeah. Of which I backtracked What's because you told me that we had to wind up the segment and you wanted to hurry up and get on with things, oh, even though I knew that. Lesotho. See, you, you, it's your pronunciation it's that's ruining everything. rhyming so. slang for Desmond it Tutu. It is for Desmond. Yes, it is. Oh, so it, instead of Desmond Tutu, it's now Desmond Toto. It's like, no, it's not Toto. Well, it's Lesotho. Tu. Well, then it must be Desmond Toto. You, because if you become me. O's, then O's must become U's or vice versa. Phil, Phil, that's like you saying we're going to head over to the United States of America. Is it not America? And I'm supposed to work that out. Is that where the commentator Paul Azinja lives? <laughs> Zinja. Or Panama. I got some emails about Azinja, people thinking you actually thought it. It's uh, true. Okay, Paul Azinger. And I'd like to apologise because he is a major champion. He did win the USPGA. He's a very good player, but you're he's very, still- You were very disparaging of him. No, he was disparaging of the European tour. And oh, I've got to back up my European mates. Be correct. I've got to back up my European both mates and my heritage, even though my family were born in Chicagoa or Chicago. Well, not my family, my sister. I've got to move on. Anyway, so there you go. Corrections mm. from anonymous- Emailer from anonymous Alan. name changed, Alan. Thanks, Alan. Next time, use your right name, Alan, because that can't be your name. Oh. Damien, watch your game because the code name Alan is listening. I'm going to move on to some baronesque behaviour, Phil, because I know you had something you were pretty keen to uh, to throw around. This is just a very brief baronesque behaviour, and there are two things that this person will get baronesque for. One is his name, Caddy of Scott McCarran on the Champions Tour, Rich Mayo. <laughs> Is he, married Three to, is he married to honey mustard? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse don't be disparaging of Rich's wife. Rich Mayo, that's magnificent. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. I'm allowed to celebrate. Phil. So Rich Mayo, but I'm not here to celebrate his name. One of the things that I remember hearing a story many years ago when one of the game's elite players, Jason Day, was going to sign with a number of different golf companies mm-hmm. and Mark King, who was then CEO of Tailor-made in the US, said to Jason Day, and out of Mark King's mouth to me directly, said to Jason Day, everyone's going to pay the same amount of money and everyone's going to build your awesome gear. You've got to decide when you're not playing golf who you want to hang out with. Seamless link, it's just that it's got a big seam in it. Rich Mayo. Rich Mayo had an arrangement with Tourage to wear the Tourage cap, as a lot of caddies do. A lot of caddies commercialise their heads as they need to because if you're caddying for Matt Kucha, sometimes you get less than the 5% that you're paid. And there it is. <laughs> um, I just had to. And anyway, so so Rich Mayo had an agreement, being Scott McCarran's caddy, to wear the Tourage hat last season. But because Scott McCarran's success and Rich Mayo's awesome name, he was approached by another company who were prepared to pay him a fair bit more mm-hmm. to wear the cap. And with the blessing of Tourage, you know, and a full agreement to saying, you know, go and get the money. Well, after the caddy, the infamous caddy party that Tourage hosted in Tucson, Arizona. Rich Mayo and his wife, who I don't believe her name is Honey oh, Mustard, Honey Mustard, okay, went back to John and said, "You know, this other brand's being a little bit difficult. Are you happy if we just go back to our old arrangement?" Which meant him turning his back on a significant amount of money because he chose who he'd rather hang out with, and that is classic Uber rankings. That is classic Baron behaviour. Rich Mayo, Baron, tick, bang, nice gone. Baronesque. No, like that. Good Baronesque behaviour, Phil. I've got one for us this week as well. And before I go into it, I I want to declare that we have. Another official Uber Baron, Phil. But that's that. that Not that, Miguel Angel Jimenez. But that's a five. Yeah, we've got a, we've got a full five, and it's someone who was on our golf oh. trip last week. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, duh. It has to be Dan McMahon, big fella. Congratulations, you are a genuine Uber Baron. Round of applause. Uber five, Dan. Uber and, five. And so my Baroness behaviour was actually. Enjoying a round of golf with with Dan, Dan the man. Which is impossible not to. Yeah, he's as good a guy as you're going to meet. And then he pulls out on the 14th at Cape Wickham, so coming to that last stretch, and he pulls out a Cohiba. You know what a Cohiba is, surely, Phil. A beautiful Cuban cigar. (laughs) Let's enjoy this this moment. And and we lit it up and had had that for the last five holes, over the last five holes, sharing sharing a, a, a Cuban 
with an Uber Baron Phil. That was a magnificent bit of Baron-esque behaviour. That is just awesome. And that is what these trips are all about. Mm. It's just those little things, those memorable elements, be it pilot going to the wrong airport or be it enjoying a Cahiba with an Uber fight. Or, or just playing the Himalayas or just hanging out with a bunch of great, great people who you didn't know that well beforehand, but you're glad that and you And now met. you're all pretty much mates for life. It's everything that Baron's uh, Uber ratings or that golf really is about. But Dan, yeah. I, Dan is the Dan's, man. Dan is, he's the five. He's yeah. the first anointed Uber Baron five rating. Yeah. And that's not saying that everyone else on the trip was not at 4.9. I mean, which of course they weren't because you and I were on it. Yeah. Um, but Dan is a, clear, is a clear five. Dan, three votes. Well done, Daniel. I'm going to move over to you, Phil, for your history lesson. I know you've got, you're very excited oh. about this one. You know, you, think it's, you actually think you've done a bit of research, so uh, I really—I promise you—I haven't. Oh, okay. With this history lesson, but Why in light of in light of this thing that's going around called COVID nineteen, no, we're not going to. Oh, weren't we going to? In this light away? of this thing right. called COVID nineteen, yeah, I'd hate to see what twenty is going to look like. But COVID nineteen, let's hope we don't get to twenty. I thought, and the fact that the Players Championship has been cancelled. The fact that the Masters has been postponed, uh, they, they won't say cancelled yet, but it's postponed, is what other events in the history of the world have ever caused majors to be postponed or cancelled? I want to know what COVID-19 is competing with. September 11. Right, no, okay. no, it's my history lesson. So don't you start filling in the blanks, please. Oh, I thought you were. Stop reading over my shoulder. No, I, that's a rhetorical question. I, can't I see just, that high. it's my history lesson. I'm going to sit back, Phil. Write a cup. I need an espresso. 2001. September 11th. Oh, oh, wow. Good one. Wow. Wow. Who Ryder Cup. But that's, that, this is yeah, how no, significant an event it was. No, you're going well. Okay. Ryder Cup. What's the next one? I'm not allowed to answer. Right. Okay. <laughs> so nothing else. No other major was cancelled all the way back to World War II. We're interesting enough, based on, let's just say, attendance in the war and desire to get involved, and we won't go back down this, you know, thing about who saved whose ass, but. Well, the Australians and brethren, New Zealanders, Indians, English were all getting shot at. Come on, Phil. Open Championship was not played from 1939 to 1946. Obvious Because of World War II. Yeah. Although the bunkering from 47 onwards was outstanding. (laughs) (laughs) US Open was not played from 1942 until 45. I wonder why. I wonder why. Please refer to our history lesson from last week around Cape Wickham and the I-25 Japanese submarine before heading off to Pearl Harbor. The Masters wasn't played in 43, 44 or 45, but was played in 42. The PGA... Are you just reading off notes? Yes, I'm just reading off notes. The PGA only had a rest in 1943. Is the whole point of this history lesson that... The significance. quite significant and there's every chance that we were a little bit flippant about the whole thing. A little bit flippant. You were completely dismissive. Whilst I was sitting here doing podcasts with you wearing gas masks and wearing a full hazmat suit and washing my hands before and afterwards, even though I didn't have hands because they were covered in gloves, but washing my gloves with pure alcohol. gloves were clean. Because I went to your liquor cabinet and just found the pure alcohol. Or ethanol. Maybe it was a petrol station. This is taken. <laughs> this is taken rather tenuously. World War One. So it wasn't cancelled. Part of that. World War One. Mm-hmm. U.S. Open cancelled in seventeen and eighteen. Whereas the Open Championship was cancelled from nineteen fifteen to nineteen nineteen. So you start to see this correlation between events and length of time things were cancelled versus involvement in these significant conflicts. Given the U.S. involvement in WW One only came very very late. True. Didn't very it? Very true, Phil. Do you know why? Why? What? what drew the US into World War One, Damien? I really should know this because I've got <laughs> I've forgotten. Yeah, that's okay. it, I was hoping you'd help. Was me. it not the sinking of something? Well, Germany, the U-boats started to sink some US commercial vessels, but then Germany encouraged Mexico. They said, "Why don't we team up?" And you try and attack the US from there, yeah, brought them out of the and we'll give you back some course. of your land that they borrowed. Took borrowed. Come on, Phil. Took wrap this lesson um, up. Uh, and then the PGA banned in 1718. So the, the significance of, of what's happening this year, I, I suppose, is the point, is that this this COVID-19, you know, the Wuhan coffers, <laughs> again, has caused cancellation and delays, mm. and there was a really positive on the horizon. And I read this only this morning, that a, a date has been penciled in for the Masters. Oh, outstanding. 
from the week of October 5 to October 12. Well, that'll be different. Which would be amazing going into the, going into the winter. The course condition, everything will change. The flowers potentially won't be blooming, but I guess they can bring in some Orlandos and at, see how they go. Look at you finding some silver lining at the yeah, end. Yeah, so I'd like to, because I'd like to think these go ahead because my biggest concern is the Ryder Cup. Mm. So obviously I declared that the Open Championship would be played without crowds. And I still believe that will be the case. Can, I still- we, can we revert a little bit here and make a prediction that the Ryder Cup doesn't go ahead, Phil? But, but well, yeah. Mm, have a feeling because Europe's not going so well right now. Anyway, on that happy note, we'll end today's tenuous links. Special thanks to today's sponsor, Peter Millar. And thank God they've jumped on board to salvage your wardrobe, Philbert. Three of your Uber Golf rankings are directly related to your Peter Millar outfit. Be sure to sign up at baronslife.com to get all of our podcast updates first season of our show golf barons as well as our barons life golf and lifestyle magazine the freshest golf mag on the planet until next week barons Philbert, wash your hands adios